Hey friends, how's it going? Hope you guys are enjoying this fine summer. This is episode 21 of the Becoming Human podcast, and I'm your host, Will Nelson. In this episode, I sit down with my pal Winston Eastman, or better known as Sandwich. He's a music producer and formerly a musician in a metal band. I brought him on because performance artists always have, fasc- have always fascinated me. When I was a kid, I was very afraid to get up in front of an audience. I thought it was the riskiest decision that I could make. If I get up there and I fail, I'll be shunned. I'll be ridiculed. I had this illusion that the people who were successful as performance artists, from musicians to actors, comedians, and the like, were something that was unusual or different from me. I thought they were confident, and I realized that they're just courageous. In meeting Winston, I didn't really know what to expect from him. All I knew was he was a producer, but I knew there was something, something inside of him that urged him to push back on performance anxiety. That moment to where your palms are sweaty, your voice chokes up, your mind is racing, all the while you're walking up to a stage. And overcoming that, that struggle, It is the most freeing feeling that I have ever felt. So what is that? Why are some people so afraid to leap like I was growing up? What is the jumping off point? How can it become more accessible? And then it's interesting too that this battle within ourselves and the sensations that rush throughout our body when we overcome such a battle is universal. It's not just stage anxiety. It's not even just anxiety. That feeling of climbing to the top of a mountain when you're at the foot where it looks intimidating, impossible even. When you're able to bring a product to life. It's this moment that we almost universally cherish despite the genre if you will so I sat down with Sandwich to understand that and to be able to understand myself better But I'm going to step out of my way. And it was a real pleasure to be able to sit and have this conversation with him. And I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. If you are interested, check out his music on SoundCloud as uh, Sam Witch. And then you can find him on Instagram and Facebook, I believe, as Sam Witch. Or try Winston Eastman. And if you guys would like to support the podcast, please rate review and share the fuck out of it thank you guys uh, I appreciate all your support though over the past year 
this shit's been a blast. It's taken me down some roads I would have never anticipated. But, yeah. Ooh, I got a kickboxing fight coming up uh, July 1st. If you're in the Everett area or want an excuse to be in the Everett area, come and find me. You can shoot me an email, send me a message on social media, and I can get you some tickets. And after that fight, I'm going to do a, a big old breakdown, not on any of the, the discipline itself, just on just reflecting on how it affects my life as a whole.
But I was running it. Really? I, yeah, I wasn't paying attention. And I, I mean, there's no. I would have ran it. Yeah. And I died like halfway up, but I didn't stop. I tried to tell myself, no matter what you do, you just continue. Right. And then, like, because I didn't care about results, I wanted uh, to make uh, some grounds in terms of my mentality. And so I just power walk, power walk, power walk, got to the top, and there were still little rises. And dude, I I thought I was gonna break down every time, and then I get to the downhill, and I'm just fucking flying. <laughs> right. And I saw uh, a guy at the end, uh, and he he ran the 50k, and that's kind of where I'm trying to get to is the 50k, and then the ultra marathons. And that's where I was talking to him. I'm like, so man, this is uh, a little more difficult than what I anticipated. Do you like what kind of intensity do you put through this on these uphills? He's like, oh yeah, we just we rock, walk really fast. Fuck. <laughs> we'll do that next time. Yeah, that makes right? sense. <laughs> oh shit! But it was it was fun, man. I, I had a friend too who Thank uh, you. he was like I did physical. I started doing physical activity about two years ago intensely. To my limit, not just doing it, you know, for fun or uh, giving up before I went too far, essentially. Because I used to do that a lot when I was a kid. But, so I was doing that for two years. So at the very least, I was familiar with, like, what I'm capable of. And then I had a friend who was probably not as familiar um, because he was just doing the running and, like, the hiking and stuff. So his threshold was lower. I was really concerned. Like, I'm like, fuck, man. I I hope I'm not leaving him behind or anything like that. And... Um, at the end, I just realized that my worries and my, my need to, my desire to make sure that someone's okay or to take care of someone is just fucking, it's not very serving to the people around me or myself, at least in that way. Cause he was perfectly fine and right. he did a fucking good job, man. Kill yeah, that shit. Nice. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's, there's times in life when you need to let people, you know, go through their Exactly. Go through their thing, you know. It's just like you can't always take care of them, you know. It's like when you're, it's like my mom, you know, she can't baby me forever, you know. Yeah. It's like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You gotta let them spread their wings and fly and ta- tackle those obstacles themselves. Exactly. Because they need to do it. And I think, like, oftentimes our imagination leads us to believe that what's on the other side of that fear and anxiety of that whatever whatever it is, um, with other people, even with yourself, too, is usually not fucking true at all. I mean, it's very uh, prudent, I guess you could say. You know, and ter- like, I, I realize that with my son, kind of like what you're saying with your mom, um, is that the more freedom that I give him, not in terms of how to treat people, but of where he can explore, and I allow him to create his own level of caution, um, he became becomes more intelligent in the sense of he pulls back. I don't tell him to pull back because he's aware of it because he takes care of himself. Not in the sense of like, uh, go cook your fucking chicken and your hot dogs. <laughs> but like if we're playing in a park and you're three years old right. and you climb to the top of that jungle gym and you're looking and there's like a fucking just a huge drop if you don't climb over it. Right. I ain't gonna, I'm not going to catch you. I'm going to stand 10 feet away. So if you get really hurt, we can get the fuck out of here and you know, right. die. And then that is just playing on that line, you know, exactly. exploring and not robbing him of that, you know. I, I kind of had a similar thing growing up, too, because it's like the whole single mom thing. And um, 
I don't like to fall into stereotype or generalize too much. Of course. But uh, more nurture. She had more nurturing, and I didn't have somebody to kind of counterbalance that behavior, if you will. Okay. Yeah. And so I've always kind of got the thing where like, uh, you know, don't cut that block of cheese. It's gonna hurt you. Don't, you know, go in the water. You're gonna drown. Kind of right. thing. Right. And yeah. So. Hey everybody. This is episode 21 of the Becoming Human podcast, and this is my pal, Winston. What's up? <laughs> Winston, you want to tell everybody kind of... Um, I mean, I make music any way, shape, or form, pretty much. It's uh, Ever since I was 16, I started playing guitar, and ever since then, I've been in music. Um, it was really inspired by classic music first. Classic music? Well, I mean, you know, just like classic rock, classic, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's definitely. interesting. Definitely. Well, my dad, my dad's a big like Iron Maiden fan, oh. Juice Priest fan, Halen, that kind of stuff. Really? Yeah. And um, so when I started playing guitar, that's kind of a lot of the stuff that I started with. Of course, the stuff that I liked, which is a little more for, you know, my my age type would enjoy like Iron Maiden was cool and all but I was more into like Guns N' Roses like, yeah Guns N' Roses you know cause they sure. were just dirty and like punky you know Green Day was really big influence oh, but I love Green Day um anyways so bad religion yeah bad yeah. religion dude you know it um but then after after that I ended up playing in a metal band in high school metal band yeah we played uh like chuggy screamo metal oh yeah, yeah i def- see definitely okay, yeah. nothing too experimental just okay. no it was just you know just chuggy guitars and and we were we were all right but when you guys were trying to start the band um were you guys just doing it as a one-off for fun or were you thinking like i want to you know i mean this, it was at a time when um release hella albums you know that that kind of stuff was really big with our age group and the people that we hung out with, mm-hmm. people who are interested in playing instruments such as guitar and drums and stuff, everybody just wanted to play the dirty, you know, of mice and men or like attack attack kind of yeah, just screamo metal. It was it was a really cool like release I think for everybody in mm-hmm. the in the fact that it was just like in your face and like kick you in the mouth uh, kind of music yeah it's almost like that transcendence above the punk when, it, exactly when the punk it, it was it was like you know back when punk was punk mm-hmm. you know that's what it was for us but it was like screamo yeah. kind of stuff you know it was just like almost a counterculture in a it, exactly it was like you know fuck the man yeah like, we're gonna play music that nobody else likes except us oh shit yeah and when you guys were doing the band stuff were you guys like uh Playing amongst friends, or did you seek out to do little venues or something? Uh, we like that? we were actually really lucky because we actually got to play in Seattle like a handful of times at El Corazon Studio Seven. See, I've always wondered what that because I grew up in a larger uh, city or metropolitan area in um, Northern California. By the time that I was eleven years old, I moved over here to Everett for like six months, and then I moved to Idaho. So I didn't grow up with like a place that had a huge art infrastructure science infrastructure it was just like people partied people went to the bar people went outside and that's about it so you there were actual right it was uh, yeah the uh the the scene was actually pretty big for the people we knew in it and we had you know local heroes that we looked up to and so we had we had like three 
including us, three bands from Marysville that would just play together. And from there on, started playing like little venues like up in Arlington. And then eventually, they were, you know, one of the bands is like, hey, we got a show at El Corazon. Do you guys want to like play with us? And we, that was big. Yeah, it was huge. I mean, we were like, we we're juniors in high school when this happened. And who would have thought, you know, looking back now, I'm just like, wow. Because we we weren't that great. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we, shit. we really were not that great. Well, it was just you guys were uh, fucking owned it basically. We, I mean, we just really wanted to do it. Like we took it that seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, we we worked really hard to make. You know, not a lot of songs, but enough songs to where we could play a show. You yeah, know? and so did that for a couple of years and just and played handful of shows from Tacoma to like Arlington like I said and yeah it was just fun yeah. though you know it was like but we took it seriously and we yeah we wanted to make records we wanted to like be on a label and, yeah you know because that's we were just in high school and that's like that was a cool fucking thing yeah to do, exactly yeah. we're like well look at all these other rock stars you know that are doing it like they said fuck school let's make you know music and oh, so shit. that was kind of the you know once again fuck the man kind yeah of thing, for sure Damn. Um, but yeah, and then after that, I I quit. Once I got a job, graduated, I ended up quitting the band, and they still continued, but they changed their style up a little bit to a more hardcore. It kind of progressed into this harder uh, kind of style of music, mm-hmm. where it was a bit more aggressive and a bit more grown up. Yeah, I, guess you I could see. Say. Huh. And then um, I ended up getting back in the band again when I was nineteen. With uh, pretty much the same guys, but a couple different members. What made you get out of the band in the first place? Is because of uh, graduating and stuff. You know, I just it was it was a really kind of turn to the tides kind of moment in my life. I think for all of us, really, like like yeah, we graduated and and then you know started working. That's the thing. Like with, between having a, a full time job or even. When you first start working, a part-time job even is quite a bit. Um, but I mean, managing a full-time job and all of the responsibilities of life creates a very high barrier to entry to anything. It's so intimidating. And it's... Fuck, you, you have to be either really sure or for some reason really fucking inspired to do whatever it is that you're doing. Because I hear that often and I don't blame anyone because I was the same way. I still am really? sometimes. Right. I catch myself. Yeah, no, for sure. Especially as you get older, it gets harder to be like... The, it sounds terrible, but as you get older, your dreams seem less real. You're much more distant. Exactly. As, it, you, as you get older, you're, you're losing time, obviously. Isn't that Stockholm Syndrome? <laughs> Is it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Where you start siding with your captor. Right. I'm just kidding. But right, no. You, yeah, for sure. You, you start... Becomes you know, familiar. You, you're looking at everyone else around you, because a lot of people I feel like don't go out to follow that dream. They they feel so scared or don't feel like they have what it takes or just feel like it's foolish or just like far fetched, you know? Yeah, or like uh, what is it? Who am I? Kind of thing. Right. Exactly. It's, it, it and it you have to be who you are to be able to to actually fulfill that dream and it's when you do have that job and or say you have a family or you know 
girlfriend, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, all, I think all of that, you know, all, obviously you have to give your attention to it, which means now you have to divide your time. And you also have things that support your current behavior. Of course. Definitely. And yeah, so it's... I don't know, for me, it's it's cool that we were able to do that. Yeah. And just like, you know, be local rock stars. It was it was cool. And like I said, looking you back now... You proud of yourself. Yeah. Looking back now, I'm a lot more proud of myself. Back then, you're just in the moment, you know. You don't, And so young. Like... I didn't know half of what I know now. You know, yeah. I'm 23. This is all like 16 to 19. Jesus, so, that's crazy. Yeah. Must have been a rush. Yeah, it, yeah, time flew by so quick. And once I got back in the band again, that was very short-lived, but I got to play, once again, a couple more shows with them. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then it really came to a time when we were all just like, we don't want to do this anymore. Really? Yeah, it, we said anything at first, but we all just felt it. Uh-huh. Practices were weird, and uh, you know, it's there. I felt like everybody wanted to do something else. Yeah, no one was actually in it. Exactly, hmm. and so, so I decided to step away from it. Yeah, for sure. And, um, it, and I didn't even have to really. Everyone just stopped. That's it. Not, I've just actually stopped. had something like that happen to me before, to where it was like uh, baby steps. And then all of a sudden, caught unaware, it's just gone. And you're like, fuck, man. And I, when you were in that situation, was it music overall? Like, or did you just feel uninspired with how you were approaching it? Were you like, I'm going to, yeah. you know what I mean, do this differently? Yeah. Or was it like, ah, I don't know yeah, music? Yeah, I, I feel like we all had our own ideas on the way we wanted it to go. That's a hard thing to do with a band from what I've heard, just period, or relationship with anyone yeah. as close, like... Most definitely. Um, and like I said, I wish I knew what I knew now you about... Them. What's that? And you don't even fuck them. Like in terms of no, relationship. No, like exactly. That shit, yeah. Exactly. And like I said, now that I know what I know now, I wish I could go back because the situations would be handled so much differently. Um, just learning how to communicate with people or have that relationship. Like, I see having practice with relationships and just experiences in life that make you go, Hey, I think I learned something today. You know, you're like a lot more, you're a lot more humbled and self-aware. Exactly. Yes. Most definitely. And so we all just stopped coming to practice. We all just pretty much mutually, but never said anything, stopped playing. And from then on, I was just, I was working for a long time, full time, uh, started going to school for music technology a couple years ago at Shoreline Community College. Oh, really? Yeah. So music technology, when you do that, um, you're going in to be a producer at that point, right? Or exactly. Uh, exactly. It's it's learning, you know, how... So I wanted to record music. That's, that's what I decided I wanted to okay. do. Because cool. I was, you know, just sitting there not playing music for the longest time, working and working and working... Where were you you working at at the time again? uh, So I was 19 when I left the band. And at the time I was working at UPS, working like kind of a half-time graveyard shift, part-time graveyard shift. So it was like 3 in the morning to, say, 9. Yeah. 
And so in the morning to nine. Yeah, I was loading oh, trucks with holy boxes. Shit. How was that? How did that fuck your sleep up or anything like that? Having um, the amount of hours we worked were actually so sh- like so little that mm-hmm. I was able to, if I had to, stay up the next, stay up for the rest of the day. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and uh, but some days, yeah, I would, I would just pass out when I got home. Yeah, yeah. You know. I work graveyard, so I know how it is. Yeah, yeah, but and you, uh, I'm just curious because when you did that for a while, like, did you act? Did you enjoy it when you first started at the? Yeah, I I definitely did. Um, It was a fun job. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cool people, and you're just in this warehouse. It's all dirty and grimy, so you don't have to worry about worry about wearing your suit or your uniform. You know, Uh, it was really laid back. And I like the uh, the aspect that I find most enjoyable, despite what I'm actually doing, is uh, when I have cool people around. I've noticed, like, no, the tighter I get with the it, people, yeah. it's that, oh, yeah, dude, I love that Definitely. Show. When you can create a community within a workplace or, like, a band, even. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's what I'm, like, yeah. I see that common thread there, is that creating the community. Yeah. <laughs> if you can create those connections in that community, then everything else just becomes so much easier because you you and it's uh connecting with people on that like that basic level yeah just the the most basic level just knowing them and but at the same time letting them be a part of your life you know while you're taking those hours to be there yeah exactly and that might seem like some uh simple or small thing but i don't think it really is because you trust somebody and you trust somebody to be able to accomplish this Sounds boring, but there's complex tasks, for instance. So even if you work Definitely. in like a factory or you were in a band, you're you are not putting your life on the line, but as close as you can to in that situation. You're putting your whatever the con- poor shitty consequences are on the line based on these people around you and that feeling of like give and take and then uh, being able to uh, like bullshit with people. Oh, yeah. I think that's a very attractive feeling no matter what. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it gives you that, that level of comfort in where you are in the world, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Makes it a good place to be. Yeah, and the places, now that I think about it, the places that I've, like, worked that I've especially hated, like, really, if I was desperate, I'd rather be homeless, um, which is only, like, two. It was that. I didn't really, there wasn't very, you were working isolated. Yeah. That's a trip. Hey. It, it, it is a trip. It sucks. Yeah, yeah it does suck. But... <laughs> I feel like at the same time, I know for me, I always have a feeling of wanting to be isolated. Yeah. I See, I've always wanted that when I was a kid, like uh, seeking alienation. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of the, the reasons why I'm where I'm at now is because I've just like always, I don't know, wanted to be different or something like that as a kid. And I think it was, for me, it was just the fear of actually uh, of being accepted. So I like thwarted my acceptance at every turn. But Yeah. Yeah, that's a trip. Have you always been like that to where you've always wanted to be isolated? Or um, relatively... You know, when I was younger, I, I feel like I was definitely less like that. Mm-hmm. As I've gotten older, it's become more more of a thing, definitely. But I was going to say, even though... The I same, got you on a tangent, sorry. Man. I know, I know, it's all good. Um, yeah, just I'll just finish this thought, and mm-hmm. then we'll keep, we'll keep going with the story. Yeah. So with the isolation, it... When it comes, though, it's so short-lived because then I'm, I feel very lonely, yeah. you know? I, so it's, I think that's a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. 
because I always do want to be around people, whether I like it or not. Yeah. You know? And I know exactly what you mean, because I would say that I would be an introvert, but at the same time, it's like a, it's like a tide, high tide and low tide. Yeah, man. exactly. Introvert, and then I go all the way up to like being very extroverted. Yeah. Oh, that's a trip. Yeah. Huh. I think, though, like, it's interesting to be able to see it, the exchange when you want to be around people and when you don't the type of uh i guess situational awareness that you get out of it so like things that i notice mainly talking about an acid trip but um, <laughs> <laughs> nice and what i the return that i get off of each one of them is very interesting and i even think people who are extremely extroverted still need some sort of isolation i think it's like everyone has different proportions but I took that one off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. That's good stuff, though. But, yeah, so back to the story. Working, you know, not playing music, not really making any music. Um, and what actually changed changes to get me where I am now was we went to, me and my friends, a really good group of friends that I have, mm-hmm. coolest people ever. They go to this Paradiso festival. Ooh, that they, I've always wanted to go. That, yeah, that they do at the Gorge. And um, so one year, you know, I ended up going with them. And I hated electronic music. I, you did? I hated it. I hated all of it. I thought it was garbage. Did, did you hate it without ever going to an event? Or, Definitely. Okay. That's, I, I, I've felt I, like that a lot. So. I'd, I'd heard it on the radio, you know, and I'd heard it, I heard my friends play like Skrillex, you know. Oh, yeah. Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites. And I'm just like, eh. you know, like, yeah. come on, where's the guitar, you know? And, um,. Because I'm, I'm so old school sometimes, you know. You, you kind of, I see you um, still have somewhat of your father's uh, culture, kind of. like Definitely, that's him. that's what I mean. Yeah. And he, I say I'm kind of old school. He's definitely old school. Mm-hmm. So old school. He has a flip phone still, you know. Really? Oh, yeah. Like a baller. Damn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. By choice. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Does he have a computer? Doesn't He doesn't know how to use one. Oh. Yeah, damn. that's... That's, that's yeah. That's, that'd be interesting to talk to him anyway. No, he's he's fun to talk to for sure. Really? Um, but yeah, so we go to this Paradiso thing, and I'm just like, whatever, we'll try it out. They say it's fun. They've been a couple times, you know. And we go to the show, and you know, it was just like such an amazing experience for me to see, like, the culture of it. I think was really what got me how friendly everybody was and how happy everybody uh, everybody was. That is always now, something interesting that I see. No, of course, most of these people are, you know, pretty high or whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's, that's something that is a part of the culture in a way. But everyone was just so happy to be there. And it was what I realized a couple times... Or what I realized after I went a couple times was it's a place for people to go to be exactly who they want to be. And there's no judgment. It's just, you know, a weekend away from real life almost Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Compared to your, the culture of your father, that, 
the whole value system would you say has changed? Like this is that's interesting because yeah, would you say the value system has changed? It reminds me of like a Woodstock almost, mm-hmm. like an old school Woodstock from the 60s, like brought back into the future. Or like would it be the Woodstock be the beginning and now it's habitual, not habitualized, but it's exploded and fucking present. Does that make sense? It, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, it has, it, it kind of lost its way almost a little bit and mm-hmm. now it's here again. Cause what I was yeah. like alluding to is the, the, that culture, I'm not very uh, well versed in this, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and yeah, dive out. That culture is unique to now, meaning like the Woodstock and stuff. When all of that started, that is a complete divergence from what we've had historically. Meaning like, so we had the uh, in martial arts. I read what uh, the Book of Five Rings. I think uh, I read it three times in the past couple of days, just because I audio book. I don't retain. Oh, okay, well, so okay, I, okay. I got you. I got you. And um, they're talking about how when swords weren't allowed to be used anymore. So all the time, military is always vying for um, cultural dominance, and you even see it now in third world countries, where you have militant leaders. And um, it's there's basically chaos and there's military, and the ebbs and flows in between there. Well, it, when they said that they can't use any swords anymore, martial arts got introduced with harmony. So it wasn't all about violence and killing. Now it was about how to live your life harmoniously through the martial way, and it wasn't about hurting anybody or anything. So it's all this uh, woo woo internal shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once that began, like, it's kind of like an enlightenment period, and that's a divergence from their culture. And so instead of this harsh way of looking at things because everything has become uh, the ability to, le- to live is not as uh, dog-eat-stuff or worried it, about even killing someone once in your life. Exactly. And so I think that creates, like, the kids born in that are never exposed to killing someone once in their life or some harsh shit. Right. And then they have different values and ideas of the world, or the world, and in- institutions get changed. And that's what I think is happening now with, like, I'm such an outsider, but Burning Man, Paradiso, is right. these festivals that started then, once we, you know, we're not at war all the time, and we are at war, but not right. everyone has to kill someone. Right, exactly. And then those happen, and it becomes spaces for new ideas. Like, before, if I accepted my neighbor... I would still have to be on guard. Like right now, we have the ability to be so vulnerable and trusting of strangers that we can be completely fucked up in a huge crowd of people. Not that there's oh, yeah. anything wrong with that. Oh, yeah. And love and accept them. Like I think that is uh, just fucking insane. And yeah, and I've seen it firsthand, and it it is really. It's a beautiful thing. Especially compared to your dad's thing, too, because it's, there's some... I don't know about your dad, but there's some reminiscence of old-school culture that still sees that to where, like... There you know, is. Yeah. Most definitely. And um, because the person I am is obviously my mom and my dad, and I've learned a lot from my dad about treating people well. And so that place for me at Paradiso or, you know, around that culture... Mm-hmm just i really clung to it because i feel like we're all outsiders you know? yeah we're, we're all weird 
but not everybody wants to show it. That's what I learned when I came over here, too. It was my big old fucking, like, oh, shit. I realized that the more you are yourself, the more people enjoy being around you. That 100%. Yeah, that is such a true thing. And so going to Paradiso for my first time and experiencing this overwhelming feeling of acceptance and, you know, love. Oh, shit kind of made me realize exactly what you just said because I was being 100% myself and doing what I wanted to do and having fun and all the people around me were having a great time with me because they wanted to yeah you know and so from then on you know I've stuck to that and that's the way I've lived my life and I've made many really good friends and really good people and as far as my music and stuff goes, it all just follows because I end up meeting really cool people who do really cool music or do something really cool in the music business. Oh. And, you know, sometimes they offer to help me out just because mm-hmm. I've been so good to them or, you know, I've just been cool, you know, yeah, just you, real. You become part of a community, the or yeah, a community essentially. Exactly. And that's, that's the community part of it, which is just crazy. It's amazing what, you know, people can do when they all help each other out. Exactly. And go for one goal or something, you know what I mean? It takes a tribe, and I mean, we we are literally herd animals, and I think even biologically, going out on a limb here. Oh, yeah, dive out. We're we're, we're built for that, in in essence, because we are, you know, herd animals. Right. So I imagine our social institutions, everything, like... The more people that I try to help out, even if they're like people who are competing with me um, for uh, an audience or uh, a product or anything, it always helps me. And it's like, yeah. like what? Yeah. It's community pays, man. No, it definitely does. Uh, I, it's an everyone's win kind of situation, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, since then, uh, I started pursuing music technology at Shoreline. And then... From there on, I learned a lot of cool stuff about the technology that they're using these days in modern music and how to electronic music. Mm. And, um, and then I got inspired to start DJing because that's, those are the artists, you know, for the most part, most of them are going to be DJs behind some turntables. I see. Yeah. And, um. There are some live shows which are really cool too, though. Ooh. So the, I mean, it just goes, it goes beyond DJing, uh, so definitely. Is that like, uh, in terms of comedy world or just the performing world, uh, you'd go for like a, an open mic or a place where, I don't know, like an is a fucking entry level, and then you start headlining shit and so then feature the, exactly. I mean, I literally started playing at a bar oh so you dj and then you get with the live shows are like a next step up once well i mean i don't i don't have a lot of uh live show capability to my sets yeah i'm you know just strictly spinning songs and mixing them together um but there's as far as the music technology goes there's a lot of stuff that you can do like pads or drum machines you know that you can hook up all together and just create this amazing live performance Mm -hmm. you know and um but yeah i'm 
I just have, you know, my turntables and I mix songs together, um, you know, in my own creative way. Yeah. And that's dope. And so, yeah, I started DJing and then um, at Paradiso, my friend Joe, he was joking around once I started DJing. He was like, you know, your DJ name should be Sandwich <laughs> because my name's Winston, but my middle name is Samuel. And all of my, like, really close friends I've had for a long time know me as Sam. Yeah. And he says, DJ Sandwich. And I was just like, oh, that's, you know, that's pretty funny. <laughs> but then it stuck, and I just went with it. And so ever since then, uh, I've been getting shows a lot lately. I've been doing it for almost a year. and Really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, and so it's just been really fun. Um, it's been I just hard. Yeah. I just keep going after it because, you know, when I'm at work, that's what I want to be doing, and I know that. And yeah. so when I have the time off, I... That's all I really want to do. Holy shit. What's the progression, too? So as you do DJing and stuff, you uh, you would eventually go on to live shows as you get more stuff? like or I mean, or it's, it... that's an option for sure. Oh, sure. Um, it's, more, it's more getting into the producing part of it, making your own songs. Oh, okay. You know, that's, that's where you really hit the, the top tier. Yeah. Like, any top tier DJ produces their own music. And other people's music for sure. Oh, that's dope. So it, they're they're just big name producers playing live DJ sets to showcase their music. Oh, okay, I see. While playing other people's music as well. Shit, you know. And um, are you still going to the college now? Um, yes. Oh, really? How long do you have left? Um, I'll be done in November. November? Yeah. Wow, dude. Hell yeah. yeah. So. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. And do you, when you do the college, do they make you, uh, is it like, do they make you do shadow people or hands-on or anything like that? Uh, it's very it hands-on. Oh. Yeah. Very hands-on. Dope, man. So you get to, you know, touch mixing boards. And, yeah, exactly. You know, play with microphones, all that stuff. Wow. Yeah. And I imagine there's like a huge artist community for producers and stuff like that. Do you just yeah, go for on, sure. To do your, when you would get out, what would you do? Would you just go apply at places and then uh, send them a portfolio? I mean, that that's definitely an option uh -huh. um, for sure. But, um, I mean, I'm just going to have to, I mean, I like to do this. Yeah. And once I can start getting, you know, some quality stuff out, and then I can start making my own money somehow that way. Yeah, tell me about it. That's kind of what i sure. done with the... Mainly most of the things that are performing or writing is it's just fucking hacking away at it until right. I actually have a nuanced understanding instead of barely even knowing anything about it. it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, once you hit like a certain point where you have your own flow and you know how to work, mm -hmm. then you just keep working from there and everything falls into place. And so in terms of uh, skill, what's this, like, the biggest skill that you have to develop? Like... If you could, is it rhythm or uh, just understanding I, how to use your? I feel like um, a really good understanding of just the way music is created is oh. the biggest part. Knowing structure and just honestly, I feel like you just need to know music really well know exactly how it's supposed to sound, know how you want it to sound, and know how to get it to sound that way. Mm. You know, that's just the biggest part. If you if you know how a song should be put together, mm -hmm. you know, all you have to do is figure out how to make it 
that way. It's just trips you're doing are all based off of almost like uh, intuition. Yeah, you are. I mean, you you know what music you like, and you know what you've heard. Mm-hmm. And so you say, well, I think this should sound like this. You know, and so you use your computer or whatever you're using, your program, and you just have to know, you know, how to use that, obviously. Yeah. And so there's a lot that goes into it, learning equipment and programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the digital audio works. Right, exactly. Yeah, it does, for sure. Yeah, you got to... You got to know your stuff. You got to know. You got to know your microphones. You know. Mm-hmm. You got to know how they work. You know. Exactly. And so, that that's the biggest thing. You have to know what you're working with and how to use it. Yeah. And if you know how to do that, you just have to know how to make a good song. Yeah, exactly. You know? Make you something did, nice. You have to know what, you know what. Would sound good. Yeah, exactly. But also, you have to be real with yourself and not make something that is popular just because it's popular. Yeah, if you make com- something that comes out of you. You know, compromising your your own um, artistic integrity for the sake of an audience. Exactly. Yeah, it's always destructive because it it, it always it's obvious and it looks gross. And it's yes, the, especially now, where um, I think you can pretty much do anything, and as long as you're like that's you. People, people at least won't uh, shit on you. Exactly. At the very least. And right. They'll just, you know, be like, oh, yeah, keep going, keep going. Right. And then, you know, just, yeah. It, it, it kind of comes back to being 100% who you are because it's more acceptable for people to, you know, want to be around you if, if you're just 100% yeah. you. Yeah. And that, that's, I think that when you do almost... I'm generalizing really bad or greatly, whatever. <laughs> greatly. Yeah. <laughs> in any given pursuit, um, mo- like 80% of the obstacle is you. Is oh, most definitely. Obscuring your um, ability to express yourself in any way. And it even exactly. could be like if you're a fucking. Um, you're a surgeon and you don't know how to do open heart surgery it's not like they get practice their first time doing open heart surgery right. is on a person but um, the whole thing is is that if you can't tell your body to perform in a certain way and you can't focus and remember and so it's all is an internal it's an internal battle essentially it is most definitely mm-hmm. um, you just you have to Bring something to the table that people feel is real, mm-hmm. and, uh, and more for yourself, really. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly what you're saying. It it comes, it leaves you empty, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not fulfilling anymore. Mm-hmm. And I do what I do because I don't feel like I would want to do anything else. And that's that's what makes me happy. That's my gift that I have to give. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I get my energy out and. I just hope people enjoy it. Yeah, you know? exactly. I, if one person enjoys it, then it's a success. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I look at it. Yeah, that sense of, um, I guess, shared enjoyment. I, I fucking love that, man. Even if it has nothing to do with me either. If I'm right. like, uh, listening to something and I'm, for lack of a better word, I'm vibing with someone. For sure. And, you know, on what it is, it, it feels fucking great, man. It's once it yeah. goes back to connecting. Yeah, and... Um, Deep connection the whole reason that I keep pursuing music is because I it's really amazing how it can music just sound you know vibrations can 
bring all these people into one place hmm. to yeah. all feel connected to each other. Despite ideologies, despite, yeah. Every, everything goes out the window, you know? You're not in the real world when you're sitting or standing in front of a stage listening to music mm-hmm. being played to you. You know, it's a conversation. They're saying something to you, and I think you should, you know, listen to it. Yeah, exactly, man. I, th- I feel like it, you could get something out of it every time if you just listen to it. Mm-hmm. Spend your time listening more than you do see, more than you do speaking. Exactly. Oftentimes, it's, it's exactly how we interact with the world. And I, I think that's interesting because, um, like, to be able to commute, when you communicate through uh, talking and stuff like that, and you do remove visual stimulation obviously at a concert you see shit and you get effects and all that cool shit but right um a lot of the in my opinion the effects since the effects aren't in the main stage and it's all audio it it touches a little bit of different shit because it, it doesn't fall into these like pathways of uh, monotony that we experience on our day-to-day lives like oh it's a truck or you know it's when i hear a bird singing sweetly or some shit like that like it's it's nice Definitely. Yeah, and um, what do you call it? What's the worst thing that has ever happened at one of your shows? Not in terms of views and like a musician, but just R- shit. Right. Um, you know, there's definitely been some broken strings uh-huh. or, you know, an amp would break. A lot of bad things happened. When I was playing guitar in a band, for sure, there's a lot more technical difficulty. I feel like bound to happen with that, where you have, we had five guys, all had equipment, Mm -hmm. so something's gonna happen, you know, like something's gonna fail eventually. Um, But as far as like with my DJ stuff, um, the worst thing is when you're mixing a song and you're gonna change it, you know, you're gonna hit that volume fader, you're just gonna chop it into the next one. Mm -hmm. And you just completely fuck it up, and it just sounds terrible. You know, that's that's uh, you know that's kind of what I deal with as a DJ. As a it's guy. it's that or you load you load the song into the deck that's already playing, mm-hmm. so it just stops that song completely and kills the vibe. Oh shit! Yeah. And, uh, so that that has been like a moment that has definitely not gone unnoticed, right? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, you can't. There's no. There's no not catching that. So how did you feel at that moment and after that moment? I'm always curious. I mean, obviously, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you know, if you're doing great or something and you're just, like, really feeling it, that just, yeah. like I say, it kills, it kills the vibe for everyone in the room. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. Even for you, because you're just like, damn it. Like, did you feel uh, any, like, panicky after or during it or after? Cause that's I, mean, like- I mean, of course, yeah. I get, get super nervous at that moment because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you go into survival mode at that point. You got to make a decision and do something. Yeah. And so, but I did. But yeah. I probably just hit play and just let the next yeah, song go. You know, right? it, I mean, you know, it's like I like to DJ and I want to take it far. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make some money doing it, but at the same time, I don't want to take it too seriously. You don't want to take anything too seriously. No, yeah, that's that's the whole point. Is it's uh, not to be grinding for the sake of survival. It's to have the idea of just being yourself is the fuck you idea. It's exactly. not fuck you in a mean way or derogatory, no. but like fuck you is in like I'm gonna do me and I'm just gonna be the best version of me. 
exactly yeah, express myself. that's and that's that's the important part to be the best version of you exactly yeah. and, and that's um why i was touching on that though is because oftentimes when people go up to do something especially performing really any really many things if it's you know people see it or hear it or touch it or taste it and uh or fuck it <laughs> is that what happens when i fail what happens you know it, it's right. going to be over or i i i think that all the time well, right i go up there and people are going to think i'm a pile of shit and i can never try this again right and i can't amount to what they're doing and often every time the reality is when i fail i either am encouraged by people people don't notice or if people do notice they forget the next day and then yeah. Hundred percent. I'm just improving, and it was a lesson. There is no actual failure. I think doing shit like that um, that you enjoy kind of teaches you that there is no failure. There's no, of course. Failure. Yeah, dude, yeah. totally. I totally agree with that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's just like you know, I do it to have fun, and so mm-hmm. I'm not gonna kill my good time because I fucked up. Yeah, you know? I'm just gonna keep going. And not show that I'm disappointed mm-hmm. by my mistake or my failure. Exactly. I'm just going to be like, let's move on and keep doing this, you know? Did you ever have that um, any stage anxiety or anything like that or performance anxiety? I always get really nervous uh-huh. beforehand, most definitely, um, especially playing in a different place for the first time. Oh, okay. I think that's the most intimidating because you don't know the crowd. Yeah. You know, if you've played somewhere a couple times, you know... They might know you, and they might be like, oh, it's this guy again, you know. How familiar. Right. Yeah, I've experienced that a couple of times. Yeah. Right. You step on the stage, and you just, I've never been here before. This is uncomfortable, you know. That's that's the way I feel, you know, when I play in a place for the first time. And um, But back when I was in high school and first started, you know, got our first show at, like, El Corazon or something with the band, yeah, I was completely nervous, but once I saw that barely anyone came, you know, it was, <laughs> it was kind of a it was kind of a nice thing though because yeah. you know you could just do your thing and not worry about having too many eyes on you, and so it was almost practice in a way instead of a show. I see. You know, and then baby steps. It, yeah, yeah, most definitely. And I feel like that was really good practice for what I'm doing now. Because especially when you're a DJ, you're just standing up there by yourself, you know, at this turntable, and you don't want to be the guy who's just not moving around, you know. You you want to be vibing to your music so you can get other people vibing to it. Yeah. And so... I'm stiff as a board. And, yeah. And I love the music, and I love sharing music, and so this DJing thing is, like, my perfect job. Like, mm. you know, I can be like, yo, I found this track. Let's see if these people dance to it. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, man. it's the coolest thing, man. When and once, once I actually saw some people dancing to my music for the first time, you know, well, I was not my music, you know, yeah. music I have found, um, but just like my taste in music. Mm-hmm. But seeing people enjoy that at the same time is really cool. Yeah, that'd be so gratifying. It is gratifying. Oh, yeah, shit. it's it's a good thing. To where, like, uh, that anxiety of a new place or, you know, when you were younger. When it goes away, does it go away and you're not thinking about it and you're vibing? Or does it go away and you feel like a pleasurable sensation from it going away? Like a noticeable sensation. Because I feel high as fuck when I'm, like, sitting over there and I'm, like, at the height of that anxiety. And then 
I just go right over it. I'm not anxious anymore. Yeah. I'm just in it. I no, it's it. it's oh. it, it it is definitely a weird thing. It's it's very it gives you a lot of energy mm-hmm. and it just kind of yeah, it's a high in itself, really. Yeah, it you know, reminds me of taking uh, cold showers in the morning. Yeah, it's yeah, or it's, it's just let's go, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, and the crazy thing is, is outside of performing, everything that I've tried so far from uh, running martial arts, like of body movement, um, to dialogue and writing, I've felt that exact feeling. It's and it doesn't have to be in front of people. It could be just by myself, where it's like I have the anxiety of, am I going to pull this off? Am I going to be able to right. do this combo? And then that feeling to where it was just there. And yeah. It's just like when you get up there and you're just there. Right. And yeah. You, I, I mean, the way I look at it, I guess, is you're there. You know, you can't go back now. You can't. Just, yeah. You, that's you, exactly. You, you can't just walk off stage. You know, like. <laughs> It's make or break at that point. It's do or die. You know, <laughs> yep. like you have to do it, and you might as well do it to the best of your ability. Yeah, exactly. That... Give, give it all you got. You know, like people always say, like play it like it's your last show, or mm-hmm. you know, like it's your last fight, or whatever. And that's where you get that. I think that like moment comes where you're like, whoa. But pretty much, if I just do anything that I think or feel right now, as long as it's what I genuinely think right. or feel people are probably going to enjoy this. And, yeah, yeah and, you... and it's it's amazing, us as people, like, how that happens. How you, yeah. you give 100% of yourself in some way, shape, or form, and people just like it. They can't help but like it. Even the people that say they don't like it probably like it, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're just, they're just pissed that they don't like it they could appreciate exactly like what you're doing essentially exactly wow you know and uh yeah especially you know djing it's just like sometimes i feel like i'm doing some stupid you know shit up there i'm doing some dance moves you know and like yeah just trying to get people moving really um and i'm a weird goofy guy anyways so I guess it comes easily to me because I don't care what anyone thinks, yeah, you know, and, but I've had to practice that, of course. Yeah, exactly. I I've, think, yeah, I haven't always been that way. Really? So when did you start, when would you say you started like changing your, if you ever did changing your mindset? Like, I'm I, gonna... I mean, it, it all, I think it all really started. Like, I don't remember exactly, but I think it all really started when I decided that I wanted to be a performer in front of a crowd of people, you know? Yeah. And that's when I, you know, so, I mean, it's a, it's a battle, you know, Mm -hmm. it is, you have to constantly tell yourself like, this is what you want to do. You have to keep doing it. You know, don't think this is stupid or like people are going to make fun of you because they might, but you know, I think most people will respect you. That always, dude, no matter, even no matter how much like intellectually I understand that it, always goes through my head and yeah. the thing is is that it diminishes like I said when you get accustomed to a certain place or even for me like certain shit that I'm saying but it's yeah, always there and I don't say it I do kind of say it in a dramatic way but it's not hauntingly always there it's just yeah it's a battle and yeah but I've been in spots in my life and I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are on it 
where it wasn't a bat like I didn't have battles. Like I was just like, ah, oh, you know, I'm just gonna, just chilling. And I didn't have to um am I trying to say this? I I wasn't trying to deal with anxiety or any sort of struggle brought on by pursuing something. Uh, I had my son and um, my wife at the time. I was just getting by. The only struggle that I had was it was hard to get by. Right. I started creating relationship struggle, internal struggle, and otherwise. Because I feel like I had that, like, there was a vacuum. Whoops. There, There was a what? There was a vacuum. And it, not having these things, uh, these pr- things that interest me to, to try and uh, fucking huff, puff, and strain, I feel like I go, I'll spiral out. You know what I mean? I, I totally, I totally agree with you. I, I feel like I'm the same way. R- really? Yeah. Like when I was kind of sitting in limbo, not doing music for a little bit, for a while, um, I was pretty much the same I just wasn't really doing anything that I was interested in because you know most of the time I was just too stoned to even you know get off the couch but I've been there before yeah but at the same time I wasn't motivated to chase anything because I didn't want to deal with how hard it was to keep on yourself you know every day mm-hmm. because I, I didn't I didn't I honestly didn't think I could do that and that is part of the reason why I didn't pursue what i'm doing earlier i see you know um i guess in i guess in high school i had that that drive but once we hit that point where we all decided we didn't want to do it it was gone again yeah you know? um it's a constant thing that always like it always requires upkeep right definitely there's you know it comes in waves there's the up and down but it's just how you take that up and down what you do with it how you see it you know from it, your perspective it is, and I think that's the difference between control and awareness, because there is no control. We, we have no mm. semblance of control on anything, right. but we can be aware and be uh, proactive instead of reactive. Exactly. And I, I used to, uh, um, so I had an uh, overfilling cigarette or ashtray in my car when I was like 16, um, and I had cans all over the floor. You'd step and you'd hit cans. My bed, my room was always in just a fucking disarray. And doing that, the literal thought of that was a lot. And I remember that very well. And really? now, yeah, and now I'm like... Like you would just look at it and be like... <laughs> it, well, I, at times I am, and then I catch myself. And then when I'm putting all this stuff away... Every day, I don't have an issue with... Sometimes when I have my son, you know, my car gets messy, whatever. But mm-hmm. at least at the end of the week, I don't have cups that are having mold in them. And right. It was effortless. And so realizing that, like, yeah, just getting that, gaining that skill. Oops. No, definitely. Because, yeah, that, I think that buildup of cups and cigarettes is pretty symbolic in itself. Yeah. it's. I think it says a lot about the way you feel. Mm-hmm. And, like what your ambitions look like, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I went through that similar period that you did. First, I was inspired. And then I hit the lull for a couple of years. And bad. Yeah. And yeah, and then I, yeah. That's interesting. And so, when you were, uh, what got you out? Was there anything that, like, kick-started you? Because for me, I got a divorce. 
Yeah, I guess it kind of had something to do with a girl at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, just a bad situation. Right around when I quit the band, really, um, started working. Um, that all started with a relationship that didn't go too well. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know how to handle it, but... Oh, I did that, too. And it was it was pretty bad. Um, I was being pretty hard on myself about it, mm-hmm. which I shouldn't have been. But that was just all I knew how to do. I didn't have any coping skills, I guess. Yeah, no one to talk to. No yeah, to looking back, I guess I could say that. But And then one day, I was just like, you know, I had overflowing cigarette yeah. you know, things and cups on my floor kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. I was just, you know, not, not really interested in being 100% me. And then I, can't, I don't even know... It, it was all working too much. Yeah. It was working too much that got me, like... I, I worked at a hospital after UPS. Oh. And I was a janitor. Damn, that's been intense. I used to in the ER. Shit. During the graveyard shifts. So, just keep ramping it up. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and so, um, I was working full-time there. And so I'd work, like, 11 p.m. to 7 in the morning, you know... Just going around the ER cleaning rooms and like, I was the only one there at night. So like, uh, there's three floors. Whoa. So you know, if they had something, they had to call me. And so yeah, that was. It wasn't a terrible job. It doesn't sound. It's not as bad as it sounds. Like of course mm-hmm. you see some gross stuff, but I I wasn't like gagging or puking. Or yeah, anything, no, I've you know? seen some guy with a, a hole in his foot where you could like reach, uh, you could fist his hole, uh, and it didn't make me gag. Yeah. He was eating goldfish though. So. Yeah. I, I mean, some people might, but it, I was okay. But I just came to a point where I was working graveyard, sleeping during the day, you know, for five days out of the week. And yeah, I, I, I was just, I was done with it. I was like, you know what, screw this. I'm going to go to school. And then from there on, school actually really taught me a lot about being responsible and organizing myself and being punctual. I'm late to work constantly still, but <laughs> Me too. I, I don't feel too bad about that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, that is a bad habit of mine, but and then so yeah, school was really nice because it was very very structured. You know, I I'm very rebellious. I feel like, but mm-hmm. I need some kind of structure, or else I'm just all over the place. I found that out about myself. I'll tell you, fuck you. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but. Yeah, I'll do what you told me, because <laughs> I don't know what else to do, you know? Exactly. <laughs> um, and then since, yeah, since then, um, I've just created, like, better and better habits of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I've learned a lot about myself and, like, the way I act around people and how I talk to people. And so, I've just collected all these really good habits of mine, um, really good values, too. And it's all compiled to make me a better person, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. I can treat others I guess in a better way mm-hmm. you know yeah and I or just so I can connect with everyone the, eas- more easily exactly you know? and that's what I've always found it was like at first I tried to be nicer and I'm like oh, well I I had to be careful because my version my idea of kindness was uh, I do everything 
for right. people. And right. not in the sense of, like, I'm not saying that in response to particular situations. I meant literally that I would always put everybody else, like, I will go out of my way to do something for someone. Not right. because, just because there's someone who needs something. Yeah. And then I... Um, Sense of fulfillment. Yeah, exactly. And what I started doing was, it was, uh, what was it? Fuck. Never mind. I think I lost that. Did you lose it? Yeah, I think so. I was just going to say that. (laughs) I started, I don't know, I just changed my relationship with how I helped people, I guess you could say. No, I totally understand what you mean because I, I used to be just that way. I'd be like, oh no let me do that for you yes of course I'll do that for you like never say no kind of person yeah. you know and just always willing to bend over backwards for whoever because mm-hmm. you feel like that's what you're supposed to do you know yeah exactly but then it becomes you're putting yourself on the back burner too often to where you mm-hmm. it is, it's not a sense of fulfillment anymore because you, you're being used at this point yeah. by certain individuals you know like not everyone but it's just you feel overused and that's where i think it comes down to a balance because um what do you call it It, i think i've always had this idea that um there's not there's nothing wrong with you if like someone i've met a few couple of people they're like people around me or whatever take advantage well that's half it probably because there is there's like a puzzle piece the uh the fucking the pointy part wants the inverted part or whatever that's a really horrible way of explaining that but <laughs> um, it, you you kind of set out like a, a beacon to other people as well and so that's right. where like if i i was heavy-handed in in terms of my kindness to where it was so far that way and so without any consideration over my individual self that I attracted these people who created negative, who, right? Yeah, exactly. helped with negative situations. Whereas I've kind of learned to come back on it and be of service. And I think being yeah. of service is a lot different. But yeah, I don't know how we got onto that tangent, but exactly what me neither. <laughs> no, that's that's totally true though. Oh, creating um. When you were creating more of a structure in your own life. Oh, right, right. Trying to be able to express yourself fully. And that's what it all kind yeah. of goes back to is it's like the the who am I and um, how am I getting in my own way and am I getting in my own way? Right, exactly. And I've definitely learned to be aware, you know, of, you know, am I going to be in my own way here or am I not? And mm-hmm. I, I think I've become very good at that. But at the same time, I have a lot to learn. Because yeah, exactly. it, it, it happens, you know. Well, that's, the, that's why it's fun. Because it's, once again, it's like a, uh infinite internal struggle. Yes, and yeah. It's, it's struggle with rest. Um, but yeah. an infinite internal struggle with yourself and uh, trying to more, or trying to express yourself clearly. And with and minimize I wouldn't never mind I was gonna say minimize suffering but I wouldn't say that because everything that we've said was that we've suffered extensively and then we have chosen not to to do things where we won't suffer like in response to suffering and then we've suffered and then we've made decisions based off of suffering so I think like that rap that suffering is essential it yeah it's uh well yeah I, I feel like 
you have to suffer in order to be able to come to that point where you have to be like, I have a decision to make. I can con- continue doing this or I can, you know, learn something new or try something different. Mm, so you know, like, in order to stay on the path. So like fix it. So you're saying like there's uh, you could either fixate on that form of suffering or uh, move. Um, so like suffering, like say like I think you're talking about like that time when I was just working, you know, not mm-hmm. making music. That's that that was the suffering part, you know. But then I came to that point where I could either keep doing that, yeah, you know, fixated on the you suffering, know, or yeah. find a way to get out of it, and, you know. And it takes, like, that uncomfortable step. Mm-hmm. I see. And there's what differentiates people who are stuck in something lifelong or may or may not be. You know, they've been struggling with that one thing for a long time. They abuse the substance, uh, food. Um, they maybe have uh, very shitty relationships and they've always had, like, chaotic relationships, rather. It's fixating on that one form of suffering and never moving past it, and that would be that trap. Right, and, exactly. Uh, and that, therefore, is just an impingement on their ability to express themselves. And I don't even, I'm not Definitely. even just talking creatively. I mean, you, you can, like, you can create a product. Once again, you can connect with people. Yeah. Like there's these faucets of life that are invaluable because we are innately uh, conscious. Like that. Yeah, seriously. And, um, with the suffering, I think it's being more informed and having the the coping skills. Because, like, if you're able to, uh, whatever's an obstacle in your way right now, if it is an obstacle in your way shortly, you're going to be far more successful. Like, so if um, I get up on stage, for instance, and I'm just talking too fast, but I do that for eight months. Because I either fixated on it or I don't realize it. Whereas uh, my buddy does it for two weeks. Then he's not just going to be more successful because it's not really very important. But he's going to be uh, know himself deeper. And so it's almost a right. process of knowing yourself. It is, yeah. And um, I feel like I know myself pretty well. Mm-hmm. Just kind Sounds of... Like it. I feel like I've had a lot of time to be by myself. I... Never really had girlfriends for too long, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, no. Um, the, I don't think since I was 19, it hasn't really been something that I've been interested in just because mm-hmm. I feel like it's so much easier for me to accomplish my goals by myself at this time. Yes. You know? That's kind of where I'm at, yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry. And um, so I'm very thankful for being able to get to where I am now and feel like I am accomplishing something mm-hmm. and that I can move forward with that and do something with it. It's a really exciting feeling, I'd yeah. say. I can, I understand how that is to be able to have these like um, projects or ideas or um, even communities that are culminating. Like being coming a part of a um, like a martial arts gym, for instance. Right. And... Uh, also, just watching yourself as you, you grow. That That is the coolest part, I think. Yeah. You know, being satisfying. being able to have that moment where you are where you never thought you'd be, maybe. You yeah. know what I mean? Where I you, know exactly you, what you, you amaze yourself. 
mm-hmm. by what you've done. You have those almost epiphanous moments to where you're like, fuck, I, I never knew that I would have gotten into this kind of music. I right. never knew that I'd get back up on stage. Like, right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, that was exactly the feeling for me when I started DJing and got my first show DJing. I was just like, wow, this is really cool. And just the whole thing of where it came from you know, heavy metal music. Yeah. Classic rock. I just think is really interesting. Because I, I never saw it coming, really. Um, your taste in the genre? Like, did they have uh, an outlet for those mixes of uh, genres? Like heavy metal, fucking old school um, EDM? I mean, I feel like I feel like electronic music is definitely taken a heavy metal backbone to it in a way especially in recent years people love heavy electronic music just lots of bass and I think it's um, it's just formed into this weird you know new form of it almost like it's it's almost the, the new metal Huh. Metalheads would hate me for saying that. Oh, shit. <laughs> you can get a lot of hate, man. Better watch out. But, I mean, just not literally, obviously, but, yeah. y- you know, there's a sense of that because it's like there's a headbanger culture within it. Really? And of course, what? yeah. And there's all sorts of different, you know, styles and genres that, you know, people can choose what they like, you know, just like with, you know, metal or classic rock or alternative rock you know there's also there's something for everybody wow that's i'm pretty sure (laughs) dope and if there isn't there will be (laughs) yeah it's come up it's come a really long way it's really popular and i don't know how long it's gonna last honestly really i don't what what makes you say that i feel like there's gonna be more of a a drive for a live show you know there's gonna be some kind of for transformation of this into a live performance which has already happened you know like i said there's definitely people that do electronic music with live aspects to it i see there's the is there a lot of um and i've seen some of them and they're really cool really so how does how is that kind of i'm completely uh what uh, lack any knowledge on it sure so what is it like seeing a live performance like that because is it just light show and someone's standing up there so it's so there's a number of ways they can do it they can bring out a drum set they can have guitar players they can there's a guy i saw at paradiso his name is grizz and he has a guitar player up there with him he's got some you know dj equipment some music equipment i don't know exactly what he uses but he's got two computers up there and he plays a saxophone and, and there's just lights, you know, light shows like crazy. And he's just jamming out on his sax with this guy on guitar. And then there's like a beat. That is cool. It was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like that is kind of the future of it. Yeah. You know, I don't know how long, how much longer people can, but I mean, it's. I like it. I love it. You yeah. Know, I, any day I would go see a DJ spin, you know, just just to dance, you know. That's another thing. I love I love to dance, and that was kind of 
a part that got me into it as well, you know, because mm-hmm. I just love feeling the music. The, everything though evolves too. It's surprising that the this is how long has this genre been around, and isn't this the the newest genre? I mean, it's electronic music has been around for a long time. Oh, really? I mean. Or is this just explode now? Like, probably at least 30 years or something like that. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. But it didn't really start getting... I mean, for me, it wasn't big until, you know, late 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when it kind of you fell know. on my map, out of the techno. Um, I mean, there's, yeah, there's some, you know, techno-y stuff, like 2000, early 2000s, that kind of stuff. The there's, like, some trancey stuff yeah, in the 90s. Sure. And... Then it grew, and then you get to the point where you got old school dubstep stuff, and then you get you get that Skrillex, and the Skrillex hits, you know, yep. and then everything changed, and he turned it into. Now it's just insane the the kind of music people are making, <laughs> yeah. like the the sounds that people have created on computers and with synthesizers and all the equipment. It's really mind blowing and it's exciting. That's cool. So basically, well, electronic music is just digitized fucking. Um, digitized mainly is the cornerstone is digital instruments. That's interesting. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's digital instruments are huge. The sounds of this, the sounds that they have used. I mean, even like looking at Skrillex, for instance. Right. Exactly. As that pass off is a is like an instrument or. I don't know a note or right. Yeah, it's, the, it's fucking cool. It is cool. It's surprising. It's, it's it's cool that there's that kind of um, capability for creativity. I think yes, and I think that's another thing that really caught me. It's just like the sky's the limit with what you can do with this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's like not so you, rigid. Yeah, it's it's not like the guitar where. You know, you only got your strings and whatever chords you know and the notes. Yeah. And your distortion pedal, delay pedal, whatever. With with this electronic music, it's just, it's balls to the walls, you know, like everything's out the door. You do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. And you can just make the craziest sounds and... Freely express yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what, that's what artists are doing. They're making really good music and... I, I don't know, yeah. I just, but like I said, I I don't know when it's gonna peak, you know. Yeah, like, exactly. I feel like there's always gotta be that that change, you know, mm-hmm. where that that style change or that trend change. Yeah. You know, it's hard to say if this is just a trend. You know, uh, they didn't start having like you know multi million dollar DJs until like you know not too long ago yeah exactly. so how long will that last you know that shit was like a bullet train man it yeah came up quick and i think it's uh even on like a grander level technology like i just so much has changed so fast and not even to and branch it, out on that but it's just too right and like, and it changes it just changes faster yeah that's what in everything for our capabilities to like i imagine as a uh the type of equipment that you would use on stage, uh, how powerful it is digitally, is probably fucking mind blowing compared to suitcase cell phones. Oh, easily. It, 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 yeah, it's what the, the the products they're coming out with. Like they're coming out with products left and right, and 
they just keep trying to one up each other and machine that makes drum sounds right like any sound you want any sound yeah big, exactly like square at the press of a button you know you have whatever you want and it retains rhythm still because you're using your fingers and stuff on exactly like it's it, it's insane how almost you know real it can feel mm-hmm. for some of that stuff that's a trip. And I'm curious what they do with virtual reality. Someone I don't know, do right? Some legit shit. Yeah, that's oh. Well the, the the next big thing is gonna be the music in the virtual well, reality. That's what when you were saying about the whole uh change or whatever, if you had like electron or uh, EDM and then I if, mean if if you could put on some like glasses and sit out on the grass or something and yeah. just have it there. How insane would that, that be? Would be you know, or even take it a step like to a psychedelic fucking journey where there's not even anything that makes sense in front of you, and it's merely like colors and shapes that they've. It's so a visual uh, piece as opposed, or just like an audio, or right. not even because when we, we were talking about how like uh, audio is like a different form of communicating with people right, right, right. get past shit. So if you just had like colors and shit like that to influence uh, mood. I don't know. Yeah, that no, would be yeah. fucking cool. I mean, that I've seen, I've done virtual reality a couple times. Really? Have you? I have. Yeah. Oh shit! How was that? It's, dude, it's insane. Like, it's crazy how crazy that is. Did you watch porn? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I played. I played like this game where you're on this roller coaster. Whoa. Yeah, and it's it's just. I, I never thought we would get to that point where we could actually have that kind of virtual reality. It, yeah, I, it was it was so like I don't want to say lifelike, but it was well done. Oh, I've heard yeah. that like if you um, in virtual reality, if you go up to a cliff or if you're on something like a, a roller coaster, your heart, your body kind of responds to it to where you get like some, really? some semblance of anxiety. Like some people were saying that they get that and like. There was a video game that someone was playing. It was virtual reality, and it's a whale. And you somehow feel like you do, but you don't feel the the tr- the presence of something so big in front of you, like the intimidating aspect. And it was really crude graphics. But what they were alluding to is, is when it does become very, or even a little more lifelike and real, um, we when we when we start biologically responding to what we see. That's going to be interesting. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, but I could I could see it. Yeah, no, uh, some of the like it was it was a horror game too. So <laughs> yeah, so there were like all these clowns and shit, you know, jumping out, and it was I was like freaked out a little bit. Yeah, I was like, wow, these these things are creepy looking, like, <laughs> and they're running at you, you know, and like coming out of the side. Holy and fuck! And you're just like, <laughs> yeah, just don't. But yeah, it was it was really cool. That is so cool, huh? I need to get my hands on one of it. I'm uh, uh, you you would you would enjoy it. Really, I want to yeah. do some uh, what is it? Low level programming for it. Uh, just oh really? To kind of fuck around. Yeah, I'm almost finished with school. But is that what you're going to school for programming? Yeah, I don't. Nice. Want to, I, if I do work for someone, it's only just temporary to understand. Of course. But uh, I want to just. Be it as another thing to facilitate expressing myself, making shit for people. Dude, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I remember taking like a like a small web design class in high school, and I, mm-hmm. we did some programming, and I was like, "Wow, this is kind of cool." Yeah, you get. I got really high one time. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I spent 16 hours straight trying to staring at the screen trying to figure this out and luckily I was standing because I didn't fuck my fucking you know posture up yeah but um and it was like a logical problem I could not 16 hours straight just going over figuring out how to be able to do the logical problem like the craziest thing that I found was I thought when you learn how to program a computer I don't really understand what I thought (laughs) 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 I, I expected that know i was gonna tell this thing you know put click either click buttons or just write a bunch of nonsense on there and like follow a pattern right i did not understand that i am literally learning how to communicate with another thing that is yeah then because yeah that's all writing a program is is that you have to tell a machine how to do something in its own language whether it's c plus plus ruby machine code right yeah what to do uh express your intent clearly then it will do whatever you want, except suck your dick. (laughs) But you can, like, everything. So even when we make uh, these virtual realities, that's what's happening, is that you're instructing a machine to create a world for you or imagine a world for you, replicate the world you imagine, because a machine can't imagine. Definitely. And that's what's fucking insane. But it's also like you are telling a machine... um, like creating the digital audio workstations. If I imagine doing programming for that, it's fucking crazy too because you're oh, writing. I couldn't even imagine. It's what the fuck you're yeah, writing these yeah. programs. <laughs> in this, Seriously, what the fuck? Like when you open up FL Studio, I was lost in FL Studio for three years. Right. I was going right. through everything, and it's like, whoa, dude, I can make this is nuts. The digital audio workstations go so deep, which is so nice. Hmm. But I remember the first time I looked at one, and I was like, there's no fucking way. Yeah, that, that's exactly <laughs> And I'm just like, and then I thought, technology, holy shit, man. Just, we have like, uh, what is it? The level of intricacy we have brought everything to is fucking astounding. Right, it's it's so nice, though. Yeah, it really it is. is. Like, for if, if you have to use a computer program or something to do, you know, something. Mm-hmm. It pretty much has all the tools that you're going to need. You know, like, as far as recording music goes, you know, you have a fucking... You have everything you need right there. Yeah. You know, as long as you have, like, a microphone or whatever you're recording. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just, like... so crazy to see how far all that's come. It was never available before. No, never. And it's so funny. I think all the time, I'm just like... I would never figure out how to do this like twenty years ago. Yeah, you you would you can't look shit up and oh, You're right fuck. exactly. I'm just like I don't know how to use this DAW. I can't even imagine how many problems I would have. You know, yeah, back in the day, I couldn't imagine if my car broke down the side yeah. of the road. But I don't have to do shit. Right, like, right. And, it's it it's been such like a oh what's the fucking word. Um, I don't know. It's just so nice yeah. that we have all of that to our it's advantage. So you know, it's convenient. That's yeah. that's what I was trying to think of. Thank that, you. That's where servitude, not service, but servitude, um, is. It's not entirely necessary uh, for us to do as people. I don't know. I mean, it's probably naive to think that to speculate on something like that so soon, but. Um, 
these things that have no association with our desire to uh, create, connect, uh, eh, create and connect, yeah, or create and connect and express ourselves physically, I guess. Like, there's also yeah. the, the body movement. That's athletes. I, right, definitely. And um, I think outside of that, it's it's not very effective use of our time and I don't think it mirrors our desire or pat it mirrors our happiness or sense of fulfillment like we go back to that struggle and shit I, right. we were talking a little bit before the podcast about how like I don't know I kind of see capitalism as it was how we moved or evolved out of slavery because we don't need it anymore. Like slavery had nothing to do with racism. Um, I've read a couple of uh, historical explorations of slavery and tool to able to enable slavery to continue for people who are profiting off of it. The reality is, is that not everyone, mm-hmm. but a lot of people, there's a, there's a lot of things out there that a lot of people do not like to do. For sure. And we have to do that for the sake of our upkeep of our society. Yeah. Some people might even like those tasks, but they might be a minority or just a group. Right. And so if we can facilitate our ability to clearly express ourselves and identify exactly what we enjoy, regardless of its repercussions, unless it affects our society as a whole, um we would ultimately prosper. Like, and, I, and I understand that I have no nuanced idea of, you know, economics. Sure. Or government sure, or anything like that. But I mean, talking on like a s- small community level and things mm-hmm. that I've talked with people is that I know when, when my, a friend that I meet or an artist that I look up to um, or even a person that I'm like, wow, I can't, I can't believe they, you know, they're an entrepreneur. I can't believe they created this idea and they were able to run with it. Um, or even a philosopher is that they find out what they enjoy. Those people, they go take it to a 100% and they run with it because they ultimately find out what they enjoy. And if we were able to help each other to be able to find our own selves, to become more self-aware as individuals, um, I, that's why I see that it would be more prosperous, you know? No, no, for sure. It's really cool to be able to uh, relate with you, though, and see kind of your exploration of your internal struggle and trying to understand, like, what you want to put out there and how, like, the intermingling between your dad's culture and, like, the school <laughs> culture come together. Yeah, that, that's funny that you say that because I... Yeah, it's definitely, like, I'm my dad, for sure, mm-hmm. like, in many ways, and so it's, and and none of my family, you know, like, my mom, dad, brother, they, you know, they don't play instruments or anything, so they don't? It, it was never, like, a thing. We had a piano in the house, but... Did they, were they, did they encourage you in your pursuit when you were... Most definitely, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Which was really cool, because I used to be, like, a really big athlete. Oh, okay. You know, then, okay. then I made the transition into... Smoking pot and playing guitar. Yes. <laughs> I never started with the transition. I smoked pot. <laughs> tried to play guitar. But yeah, and so... Yeah, they've been really supportive, though, which is really cool. And all my friends have been really supportive, too, really? which is awesome. So I'm, I'm very happy with where I'm at and what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. 
you know, hopefully I can take it somewhere. And, and you seem like a rather solid. Nah, that's not <laughs> nobody's solid. You seem really cool, man. And oh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, so, well, so do you, Will. And I can uh, tell that you really are trying, and I am too. I, I kind of know what it. I don't know. I could relate on the experience of just figuring yourself out and having those moments to where like shit. Man, things are kind of leveling off. I'm a little bit happy about that. Or yeah. Like, I, I'm happy, like, I fucked up back then, but you're learning that, you know, you let go of it and you see right. what you can do now. Most definitely. And I think that's one of the hardest parts for sure. It's I see a lot of people, it seems like they have a hard time, you know, dealing with bad things. Yeah. You know, and I hate dealing with bad things, obviously. Nobody likes to, but I've learned that you deal with them as quick as possible in the best way possible mm-hmm. and get it out of the way and then you can just keep chugging along and you don't you don't have to worry about that you know exactly and that, but that takes sometimes it's hard you know sometimes it's a it's no but there is no there's minimal exception uh, from the most successful people from like reading books and all forms like different forms of media to where you get you actually listen to someone's genuine opinions and thoughts on things and you come to find out more and more and more that nobody escapes it. You know what I right. mean? Right. That it's so it's not they're not exceptional and you're not exception exceptional in the negative way. Like, right. You know, whoever's out like any one of the audience members. If if you, you we all fight those those fears and anxieties and stuff and it's that overcoming of that shit, man. Yeah, and um being able to play music to people, mm-hmm. with people, you know, is a really cool connecting or con- way to connect because that's exactly how I feel, you know, if I'm on stage performing or something, I'd, I'm i looking at the people dancing or whatever and I'm just like, they're, you know, they're just like me, they got, you know, problems, they're out here to have a good time and, you know, I'm glad that I could be here to help them enjoy that. Yeah, fuck yeah, so, dude. Yeah. Dude, that is badass, man. Do you have anything else that you want to add? Um, I have to pee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, oh, no, thanks for having me on your podcast, Dude. Will. This was very cool, and you're a real cool guy. Absolutely, man. Thank you for coming on. It was a bunch of fun, Dude. and yeah. I was really happy to, I don't know, just be able to understand kind of where you came from. And Most definitely. It's the same to you. It yeah. really helped me understand a lot of my own shit, though, that I've been working on, too. It's come up during like uh, really? running and stuff yeah but cool. like, like huh fuck and it's nice to know that someone else went through that shit cause it, it makes it yeah. easier and a little more uh, confident to move on most definitely yes yeah, for sure do you uh, where can people find you at where can they check out your shit um, yeah so they can check out my stuff um, if you want to find me on Facebook Winston S. Eastman um, but SoundCloud is Sandwich underscore PNW like the Pacific Northwest Ooh. yeah for sure and I mean I got a couple of things on there so fuck yeah they can totally check something out see if they like it um, but other than that yeah alright I know I'll be fucking checking that out man cool <laughs> I can't wait sandwich underscore PNW Pacific Northwest check them out guys later I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and have a wonderful fucking summer. Next week, we will be having a podcast with an ultra marathon runner. 
um, just kind of helping me understand how to run more effectively um, and what the appeal is to run that many fucking miles. Because even for the miles that, that I put in this weekend for being my first race, I've realized that it's some fantastic mental flaws. Pretty much any physical activity is. I hope you guys enjoy your summer, and I'll see you next week. Bye.